Are you tormented with the thought of not feeling good enough? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with evangelists Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Later in the show, you will hear from Arielle Fluno, who grew up sexually abused, and it left her struggling with feelings of inadequacy her whole life. I think that through things that happen to us, we can feel inadequate, or from what people say to us, spoken to us at a young age, friends, family, we can constantly feel like we're not good enough. We'll never make it to the top, even if we are doing things that are successful. And there are going to be things that happen in our childhood or the way we grow up. Events can happen that can cause us to feel very inadequate, mm-hmm. you know, feel very like I'm not good enough. Right. And then there are also those where they grow up with a very good upbringing. They're a very successful person. They're doing good at things. They're having victories. However, in their mind, they're still plagued with this idea. I'm not good enough, Mm. you know, and that was me for sure. For me, I would be doing good at things, but I never felt like it was good enough. I always felt like I was striving for more and I could never get there. And it really caused a huge strain for me. Mm, And I struggled with that as well. And there are a lot of people who may have been told that they'll never make it. They're not going to amount to anything, Mm. but they have gone on to success. And if we constantly listen to the voice inside us that says, no, it's no good, or from the voice outside, then we won't become what God has called you to be. So in the Bible, it talks about how in Psalm 139, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. The Bible also talks about our identity in Christ, but when we're gaining it from outside sources or by our success, we can actually cause ourselves to fail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at famous people who have made it, who were rejected by other people, Mm -hmm. but they were successful. If you take Walt Disney, for example, you even take Thomas Edison or Bill Gates. These are people who were told that they could never do it, wouldn't amount to anything, but yet they continued to go on and they made it a success. So I think it's really perspective, gaining ground on who we are and not allowing that voice to come at us, even if it's from within and saying, no, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and knowing I'm a child of God. And I think, you know, how does one actually do this? It's good. We know about those people and it's a great thing, but how do I do it? Well, it says in 2 Corinthians twelve nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So this scripture is really pointing to the fact that we don't need to be ashamed of our weaknesses. It is so easy to feel like, oh my gosh, you know, now I'm not good enough, right? Right. But the Bible says, actually, we should boast in those weaknesses, knowing that when we have those weaknesses, God will fulfill the strength we're missing so that He can get the glory. Actually, if we really want that, we just have to accept that we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Once I accepted that and I realized, hey, I need God, that changed it for me because He made up for me. And I realized I don't have to be good enough. Mm -hmm. He's going to make it good enough for me. God is made strong in our weakness. He wants success for us. Let's hear from Ariel Fluno on how she overcame her struggles right here after the break. 
Real Life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Hello, everyone. Joining us is Arielle Fluno, and she's going to share with us how she had severe torments throughout her life. She would see figures in her room that were so tormenting that she almost ended her life in suicide. Let's welcome to the show, Arielle. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes. Now, I understand at a very young age, you were being sexually abused by your father. Can you tell me what happened, how that made you feel? Yep. So I was three when it started. I didn't know right from wrong at that age, but I definitely knew I didn't like what was happening. I wasn't allowed to tell my mom about it. Mm. And so I remember everything very clearly. You know, I remember every detail of the room. The only thing I don't really remember was his face. And there was always kind of something to that, you know, disassociating myself from the situation. But I knew Mm. I wasn't allowed to tell my mom. I knew it was wrong. Mm -hmm. I ended up telling a Sunday school teacher what was going on. And her father was a police officer. And he ended up opening up an investigation towards my family. And he was in prison not too long after that. So your dad ended up in prison. And while that was going on in your life, something else started happening in your home. You started to see these dark figures and it freaked you out. Can you tell me about that? Yep. One night I just kind of woke up. I was on the top bunk of my bed and my brother was on the bottom bunk. And I remember trying to get him to wake up and he wouldn't. And my mom had told me if I was ever scared to just look in my closet and under the bed and everywhere, just so I would see that nothing was there and I wouldn't be afraid anymore. And that night I did, I got out of bed and I started looking around the room. And when I finally looked under my bed, I saw a dark figure of a man kind of laying down like his head where my head would have been and his feet like in my face. And I ran up into my bed and pulled the covers of my head and I ended up waking up later that night and I felt something putting its hands on my back. Mm. And so that was the first experience I'd had. My mom told me afterwards that God would protect me from these things, but it didn't stop. The torment continued almost every night. Wow. Mm. And as you got older, the torment of what you saw became what you had heard in your ears and the thoughts that were coming into your mind because things started moving around in your room and scratching under your bed. You started to feel like there's something wrong with you. Maybe you felt crazy. I don't know, because that's a scary thing. Can you tell me about that? It was. So my mom had sent me to therapist. I had started cutting myself. I wanted Mm. to die. I didn't want to go through life anymore. I was on max doses of antidepressants and antipsychotics. You know, as soon as it would stop working, they'd up the dose. And, you know, I had been on all that stuff for about seven years and remember thinking, like, this isn't helping. Like, I've had so many medications. This isn't helping. Mm. And I wanted to just end it all. When I cut, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't enjoy doing it. I just kind of watch myself doing it and not want to be doing it. I felt really out of control. Mm. That is so difficult. And I think it relates to a lot of young people right now who might be listening and going through a hard time because we hear more and more about that. And it's a scary place to be. I mean, you tried drugs, alcohol, dating men to escape from the thoughts that you're having, the torment that you're having and seeing these images And at 17 years old, there came a time where you finally just wanted to end it and you cried out to God. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I hated everyone and everything. If I saw people happy, I just wanted to smack them. I hated everything. I was filled with hate. Mm. And so I had some suicide attempts that failed. 
And I remember one day just being in my room praying and I'd said, God, you know, why am I still experiencing this? Like I tell these things to go and they don't listen. And I don't understand why you're allowing me to be tormented. And a picture of Jesus came to my mind and it all kind of clicked right in that moment that he was who he said he was. He was the son of God. And I'd been preaching against him (laughs) and that he was the key to having victory and life. And at that moment, it's almost like you don't know how dirty you are until you take a shower. I felt the weight of the world lift off of me, and I felt light and love pour into me. I can honestly say it's the first time in my life I felt love and peace. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at that point, though, you called out to God when you were younger. It was very different this time because throughout your life, you believed that Jesus was just a good man. Mm-hmm. But this time, through that vision, that picture, you realized He is the Son of God. And that was where the whole thing changed. Is that right? Yeah. I accepted Him into my heart and asked Him to take it all from me. I just gave Him my life. And when I accepted Jesus into my heart in that moment, I quit everything, all the antipsychotics, all the antidepressants, cold turkey, and I never had Mm. an issue. So I believe there's so much power in that. Like I was just rescued from it all. Mm. Arielle, what would you say would be the big difference from your life before you had this surrender moment with Jesus? And afterwards, being in a state of death to a state of life, you know, I felt nothing but hate and terror and fear and worry and depression and anxiety and just awful, just a constant state of decay physically and spiritually and mentally, like all of it to just feeling life. My whole perspective changed. I saw everything differently and just being able to see life and feel life and love and light. Mm, That's so good. And there are people listening right now who have tormenting thoughts. Maybe they don't see things, but they have these thoughts and they think they're their own and they don't know what to do with it because they don't want people to think they're crazy. I know I struggled with that before in my life and it was very hard and very lonely place to be. What have you learned since then to get rid of the torment and the evil that tried to attack you or torment you? Yeah, just knowing the significance of what Jesus really did for us. And then knowing that we're in a spiritual battle. And over time, I feel like the Lord's really led me to use His Word to in these battles, in these times of fear, declaring His Word over myself, my home, my life. You know, just recognizing that it's not from God. Like, those thoughts aren't from God. That's not what He believes about me. So just getting grounded and rooted in what the Bible says, what He says about me. A preacher I really respect and was listening to had made the comment that if it's a thought you have and it's not a thought you like or that you agree with, when you're made new, you've accepted Jesus in your heart, you can be sure that that's not your own. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't like that. You can know that that's come from the enemy. Like, that's not me. Like, I don't want that. You know, I don't (laughs) like that. Yeah, I don't like that. You can reject it. Yeah, exactly. Well, there are a lot of people who struggle with thoughts and being tormented. And we want to pray for those who are going through a hard time right now because we believe that there's power in the name of Jesus that you can be set free from this. Well, you know, I think this is an amazing story that people can relate to because a lot of people are tormented by their own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people wonder, is it just my mind? Is it what I'm thinking about? Where is this coming from? And you're hearing from someone who's describing it as something deeper, a spiritual realm, something that's happening that's beyond your mind, beyond yourself. And you can't defeat it on your own. Mm -hmm. You really need Jesus to help you defeat this. So Lord God, we just turn to you right now. For the listener who's saying, gosh, I'm here, I'm tormented in my mind, and I need that freedom that Ariel's talking about. Lord Jesus, we just receive you and we surrender our lives to you. Mm -hmm. We give it to you, Lord, and we trust you with it from this day forth. We receive you, we believe in you, and we know, Lord God, 
that you are the one who can change our mind, renewing it through your holy word. Mm -hmm. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.